Hello and welcome to Impactability, the Nonprofit Leaders Podcast. This is a show that explores the landscape of the nonprofit organization, big and small, offers some incredibly helpful information and resources, and gives nonprofits a place to share ideas and get advice. I'm your host, Joe Turner. Our show is sponsored by Sukup Strategic Solutions, offering a wide variety of services to help nonprofits maximize their impact. So let's get into solving the problems that might be plaguing your nonprofit. Thanks for joining us today on Impactability. You know, back on episode 22, we spoke to a job recruiter who gave us a fantastic overview of the job market from the vantage point of the organization that's looking to hire. Now, this week, we're going to look at things from the other side, the person who's looking for a job, or maybe they're looking for a job and they shouldn't be. We've all heard about the great resignation, how it's shaken everything up in the job market, but what about you? Are you looking for a job? If you have one, are you happy? Are you considering looking for something new? Maybe you're not moving up and you'd like to, or perhaps you're wearing too many hats, as many nonprofit workers do, and you're looking for a change of pace. Maybe you're just ready for your next challenge, or maybe, just maybe, you should stay put. So whatever your situation that you find yourself in, We've got answers for you today. Darcy Eichenberg is our guest. Darcy has a great book, highly, highly recommended to you. It's called Red Cape Rescue, Save Your Career Without Leaving Your Job. Did you hear what I said? Save your career without leaving your job. In this book, she gives some fantastic advice about ways to approach your job and stay with it, enhance it, avoid the whole resume interview, hope I get higher drama that so many people find themselves in when thinking about career changes. Darcy has worked with leaders at companies such as Aon, Coca-Cola, State Farm, Deloitte. She's been offering encouraging ways to change work for the better, for good. In other words, stay put. Darcy's been quoted in Forbes, Thrive Global, Mashable, The Ladder, CNN. And I have to say, I am thrilled. I am totally thrilled to have her on our podcast today. Darcy, so great to have you on Impactability. Oh, thank you so much, Joe. I'm so glad to be here. Darcy, let's start right at the beginning. How have you found yourself working with so many people on their quest for the perfect career? What is your story? So my story probably starts, like many good stories do, with my own quest. I had been a principal at a large HR consulting firm. Of course, I didn't start that way. I started as uh, just a junior person who was following people along and learning and curious. And as things happen every few years, there'd be a new opportunity. There'd be a new challenge. There'd be a new city, a new client. And you grow and grow and grow. And things just kind of happen for me. One day I was going to a leadership meeting and my boss called And she told me that she was going to retire. And in the same breath told me someone else was getting that job, the next job that would have naturally been up for me. And I recognized when I was sitting there taking that call that I was relieved that in reality, that job wasn't something that I wanted. And in the next moment, the thought came to me, well, if I don't want the next job up, the next obvious thing. What the heck do I want? So that started some of my own quest, which led me to hiring my first coach and was able to actually start my own coaching practice inside the company I already was in to be able to put a foot in a new world, but still have some of the things that uh, the security, the reputation, the 
relationships that I loved that were in the old world. And over time, took that on to have my own business. And I have been doing that for now about 15 years. You know, one of the reasons I was attracted to this conversation is the thought that perhaps we don't have to quit our jobs and move on to something else. Because, I mean, 99% of the time, that's what you think. You don't like your job, I'm out of here. Most people look at it that way. So as soon as things start going south, people start looking. So give us the lowdown. Darcy, why should I stay? Yeah, this has been something that has frustrated me for years, that our conventional wisdom is when something goes wrong in your life at work, when you hit a speed bump, when you start feeling not happy, or maybe something happens from the outside. There's a change in your health situation or someone you love and you need your needs change. The conventional wisdom is still, well, not happy in your job, go find another job. But the truth is our world of work is not black and white. It hasn't been for a while. It's even less black and white after the couple of years of transition that we've had during COVID, work at home, so so many things that are shifting in the world. And what I find that when people have been taught the only option is to go somewhere else, that they're giving up control and power over all the different things that they may be able to create change differently right where they are. And that doesn't mean for every single person, the right thing is to stay put. Never would I recommend that someone stay put and get in a situation where they feel like they're suffering or they're stuck. But there are ways that you can change what you think, change what you do and change what you say that can get you unstuck faster. And often you don't have to change everything in your life at work in order to have the change in your life that you need. And I've seen this happen time and time again that people might jump to something new and the same issues start to come up again. So my recommendation and really what the book's about is when I feel that pressure that something should change, maybe I have control over things that can change and I try that first. It's funny you say that because it brings me to my next question. What should I be doing that I'm not doing in order to consider staying instead of looking on Indeed when I get home from work today? So first of all, when you're not feeling like you're in the right place or something's going wrong or you're burned out or overwhelmed, first of all, know that that's normal. There are always points in a career where we are uncomfortable. And the truth is uncomfortable Discomfort is where the growth comes from. So when you're feeling uncomfortable in your work, then that's just a signal. It's not that there's anything wrong with you. It's just like, huh, that's a signal. It's a signal to get curious. And the first place I always recommend that people get curious is to then say, rather than, oh, I don't want this kind of boss or I don't want this kind of pressure. What do you want? And getting clear on some of the important things that are foundational to you. I'm always surprised at how people can, you know, have long careers or maybe they've come right out of school where they've done some, they think they've done some of the work to decide what they want, but they focused on skills and tactics and not on things that I believe are very important, like values. What are my values? And is something in this work, in this organization, rubbing against my values. In order to know that, we've got to know what our values are first. 
you know, what is my long-term vision? Where, where am I actually looking to go? What does success look like for me? Because there's a lot of noise out there in the world about what we think success, quote unquote, should look like, but maybe that's not your measure. You know, maybe that noise is something you've got to learn to screen out and focus on your game. Like if success is, I want to have time with my family while my kids are young and I want to do good work that makes an impact, you know, and there's trade-offs, but we have to decide what success looks like for us. So it's a question of managing your career. How do, how do we do that? You know, I think the term managing our career, sometimes people will interpret that as feeling like manipulating or always being ambitious, like looking for the next promotion. And again, going back to the clarity of what does success look like for you? Success might look like that there's opportunity for growth, but it may not be a step up, especially in a lot of our nonprofits. There aren't levels that are obvious external levels to grow. Uh, there's not a thousand different layers, right? But what does that look like for you? And the idea of being able to take back control of our careers instead of assuming, well, you know, if there was an opportunity here for me, somebody would have asked me to do it, right? Like I'm here, I'm showing up every day. They know I'm here. No, the brain doesn't work like this. There's actually science called the illusion of transparency that says this is just how humans are built, that we overassume that people know what we need and want. And I always say if anybody's ever, you know, your spouse has walked past an overflowing garbage can, we know that this is true, right? People can't read our minds. So back to taking back control, you know, instead of thinking about managing my career, it's like I only get to control three things, what I think, what I say, and what I do. So where is a place where I might be making some assumptions and maybe I need to think differently instead of thinking, oh, my boss is an ogre. Maybe I need to think, you know what, let me look at what she's really going through and what pressure she's under. And maybe that is an opportunity for me to do more of what I want or to say something differently. So we need to check our assumptions. We need to think about what are the thoughts that we're having um, and that can lead us to strategies where we can say different things, ask for what we need, or take different actions. Or maybe importantly for people who are burned out or overwhelmed, stop doing actions that don't matter anymore. Darcy Eichenberg is our guest. We're talking about your career and whether you should stay or go, because sometimes it gets there, right? And her book is called Red Cape Rescue. Save your career without leaving your job. And what we want to do is we want to give you an opportunity to get a copy on us. All you need to do is just leave us a review wherever you listen to the podcast, whatever service you use to listen to podcasts. Leave a review there, and we're going to select one totally at random, and whoever we pick is going to win a copy of Darcy's book. Now, Darcy, you've worked with a lot of for-profit companies, a lot of people who work for for-profits. Is it different in the nonprofit world? Because our show is based on the nonprofit sector. So is it different or is it the same? So you're right. My experience is more in the for-profit world. But I also have worked with many different people in their careers at different levels. And even inside organizations where the arm is a foundation or something that is more mission-based. And I think that the problems and the opportunities are very similar because it all comes back to humans. 
And it all comes back to the behavior and how we make choices. And no matter where you go, whether it's a nonprofit or a for-profit or government agency, we're still dealing with people. You know, people hire people. People don't hire resumes. People are leading people. And all work, even if we're behind our screens, all work is interconnected today. And so I think that there's a lot of commonalities because it's still in a nonprofit environment you know, you still have, you're still working with people. You're not just out there on your own. You know, maybe it's other staff, but it also could be donors. It could be potential donors. It could be the community or other peers in your community. So I think that the same techniques of how do you take back control when you're feeling out of control? What are you thinking? What are you saying? What are you doing? Can be applied across any type of work. Darcy, let's talk about your book for a minute. Red Cape Rescue, Save Your Career Without Leaving Your Job. Now, I'm not going to talk about the content. I'm going to go in a little different direction. Did you have the book pretty much finished and then COVID came along and made you rethink some of the things that you were writing about in your book? How did that play? Great question. So the book probably encapsulates lessons that I've been teaching and exercises and actions. There's an action plan at the end of each chapter that I've been using with clients successfully that they've road tested, that they've trained me as to what works and what doesn't. Uh, So it is work that I've been doing for a long time. That said, it really started to come together. At the beginning of COVID, I reached out to my readers. I have a weekly insider email, a little love note with a story and a strategy. And I was getting emails and I was having calls with people who, you know, were people weren't sure what to do. And so I wasn't sure what to do. I'd never been this through this before. So as a servant of the people who choose to follow me, I said, what do you need from me? And I thought I would hear things like, oh, we need remote working strategies or how to lead a team when we're not all together. And overwhelmingly, the message that I got back was, we just need to feel like we're in control. We just need to feel centered. We just need to feel like we have some power in any of this. Uh, Because the idea is not just how do we get through a dramatic change like a pandemic, But also, we're always going through change. That is just the state of the world. That's just the state of our work. And so that's really where a lot of the content and the organization around the three things that we can control, what we think, what we say, and what we do, came from and came together. We're speaking with Darcy Eichenberg about careers and how you might want to think things through a little more carefully before you pull up stakes and move on to a new job. We're going to take a brief break right now, but coming back, we'll get into some more strategies about being comfortable where you're at, how to have the I want to raise conversation, and how you are in the driver's seat for your career, but you just don't realize it. Stay tuned. You're listening to Impactability, the Nonprofit Leaders Podcast. I'm Joe Turner. We'll be right back. Major gifts are the ultimate source of funding for nonprofits. They can help fulfill your mission and achieve your vision. Having a strong major gifts program should be a priority, but where do you begin? The best place to start is with Sukup Strategic Solutions. We create transformational change by working collaboratively to raise funds. Our fundraising consultants will assess your organization's fundraising capacity and develop a plan that serves as a blueprint for your fundraising success. 
visit our website today at sukupstrategicsolutions.com and schedule a free consultation today. That's S-O-U-K-U-P, sukupstrategicsolutions.com. When it comes to major gifts, the effort you put in can make all the difference, and Sukup Strategic Solutions can help. Welcome back to Impactability, the Nonprofit Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Turner. Our guest is Darcy Eichenberg, author of Red Cape Rescue, Save Your Career Without Leaving Your Job. And we're trying to help you make sense of the job that you have and the job search when you've reached that point where eh, maybe it's time to move on. we got another edition of Coach's Corner coming up in a few, so stay tuned for that. Okay, Darcy, let's get into the money conversation because at the end of the day, sometimes it's all about the money. Can you help us with some of the most difficult advice possible for someone at a job? How do I get a raise, Darcy? Right. And this is such so tricky, too, for nonprofit people working in nonprofits, right? Because we have a mindset that there is a lack of money and we're always trying to find more money. And it becomes actually, in many cases, almost a habit that we assume there's no money as opposed to thinking in terms of what is the value of the work that I bring. And also, I think this conversation about money, we can't talk about it in terms of I deserve or I need. I think we have to first really understand what is the value that we bring and translate it into things that have numbers, right? Numbers are, that's the language of business, whether you're in a nonprofit business or in a for-profit business. So can I track how many donors do I touch every year that I interact with every year? Is there something that's financially tied to the work that I do? Or is what I do an enabler of something else financial? I've seen situations where folks in nonprofit will just talk about the thing they do, the program that they run, but they won't finish the thought because I run this annual program effectively we're able to create more revenue of X amount of dollars and gain X amount of, you know, future donors. And so I think that when we don't feel like we're being paid appropriately and this side note, I do think we've got to do the work. We've got to do the math to say, what is that? You know, is that just that I want more because I feel like there's a lot of noise about more or what is the value of my job? A lot of times when people are in more execution roles and they want to move into more leadership roles, what they don't realize is that by executing a lot of things, they're actually sending a message to leaders that they're just a commodity. So, you know, I also work with a lot of communication and marketing professionals. And one of the challenges in that space is that folks who are not high end, you know, higher strategic professionals in communication and marketing look at the stuff. Oh, the social media posts. Oh, the videos. Oh, the newsletters. Oh, the whatever. And the stuff has become a commodity, meaning that many people can do the stuff. But the story you're not telling, that we're not often telling, is all the other steps that led up to the stuff, the knowing our audience, the doing the research, the convening points of view so that there's a single message. And these things, we make it look too easy sometimes. So when we're ready to ask for more money, we're ready to ask for anything that we need. 
I think it goes back to, to making sure that I'm telling the story about my value and not just the things I'm doing, but what does my contribution add up to? Because when we can create that bigger impact, when we can see that bigger impact, we can create, there's a risk, right? There's a pain that if I was moving on, there's going to be some, there's going to be a gap there. But if it's just, well, I do the social media every week, you know, I mean, it, it's just, there's a perception issue that uh, I think people have to just get more granular as to why their work matters. And that helps to be able to have it valued more. Great advice. Great advice. Okay. Next one is a tough question. I saved the best for last almost. Okay. <laughs> Darcy, how do we know when it's time to move on? Emotion puts us in motion. And to me, emotion is one of those things where we've been taught in our workplaces that there's no part for emotion. There's no room for emotion. But it's actually a really important sign to understand yourself and understand how you are feeling, what your emotions are. And, as you're, and if you're a leader, it's a really great skill to start to develop your emotional intelligence, your ability to ask bigger questions to understand what other people are feeling and not just the binary, happy or sad, you know, engaged or not engaged. But when somebody is, when the first thing happens and you feel, I just want to leave, you know, when the first thing happens, you feel like I just have to go. That emotion is a signal to say, what else could be happening here? And that's when you do some of the work, you think, get clear about who you are, maybe start having some other conversations, get clear about where you want to be. And to try to see if it can happen there. Maybe sometimes the job that you want doesn't exist yet. Work is all made up. You can pitch that. You can see a hole and say, this is what I need to be doing. This is how I can contribute. So, but if you've tried those things and you know, and you trust in yourself that, you know what, I've had good conversations. I've looked at what I want and what it's just not going to be possible here. But you know you haven't jumped to conclusions. You've actually created some data. You know, it's like, yep, we've talked to the board. I've had three conversations with my leader. Um, I'm looking at what's happening in the marketplace. We don't have a demand for the kind of things that I want. Then I think you can part feeling you've done your professional due diligence. Your reputation is going to be good. And you're going to go to the next thing with clarity. You're not going to jump to something just because it's there, just to get away from something. You're going to be going towards something that is going to get you whatever the next set of opportunities, skills, growth that you have. So trusting in those feelings, but then taking an action, using feelings as a signal, emotions as a signal to put you in motion, I think is an important piece. It's a nuance. It's not always clear, but we've got to trust ourselves that we know we've done the work and now we've done the work, now I know, and then it's time to move on. Any other words of advice for the nonprofit professional listening to us today that is considering jumping ship instead of staying the course? I think to always remember that somebody out there needs you. And a lot of times we get discouraged about where we are or what's happening, but we might also get discouraged about what's happening elsewhere. And being able to stay confident in who we are and the value that we bring, no matter what we're doing, no matter if we stay, no matter if we leave, I think just always to remember 
that somebody out there does need you. And it's my job to find that place. You have gifts that you can offer. Maybe it's giving those gifts differently, using those gifts differently where you are, or maybe it is there's some place out there that needs you more of what the things that you want to be doing. But don't think negatively of yourself because the negative emotions just pull us back. And that's a brain strategy. It's to be able to change the way you think and to be able to stay in confidence, to be able to stay in belief that somebody out there does need you. The book is called Red Cape Rescue, Save Your Career Without Leaving Your Job. Once again, don't forget, if you'd like a chance to win a copy of Darcy's book, all you need to do is leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast, whatever service you use to listen to podcasts, leave a review there, and we're going to select one at random to win a copy of Darcy's book. So good luck. Darcy, thanks so much again for being with us on Impactability. I so appreciate, Joe, and appreciate everybody who is working in a nonprofit. We need you. We need our nonprofits to be healthy and well. And I'm grateful for all the work that people do in the communities all over the world. Time now for another edition of Coach's Corner. We take the questions that you send us and we do encourage you, send us questions. It doesn't matter whatever it is in the nonprofit spectrum. We want to help you out. That's what Coach's Corner is all about. We take those questions and then we ask our impact coaches for their answers. And the great thing about it is it's always some really solid advice. Today, our impact coach is Deborah Haley. Deborah, this is a really good one. It's kind of unusual, so listen closely. The question reads... I have some young staff members who are still a little green when it comes to fundraising, and they're not making much headway. What can I do to help them become more confident in their roles as fundraisers? Really, really good question. Deborah, on Coach's Corner, you have five minutes to answer the question. Your five minutes begins right now. All right, here we go. Well, thankfully, there is so much that can be done to help a a new staff person to become an absolutely fantastic fundraiser. First, I think you have to look at the fact that some people are gifted automatically to do the ask and others aren't. And for those that are not, it can be learned. And I think that I can say this applied so specifically to me that I never thought I could fundraise. And I found that with passion, and the perspective that I was able to be a very successful fundraiser. And I think that others can as well. So when I talk about passion, it's that you are so committed to the mission that the nonprofit is doing that you bubble over with enthusiasm and wanting to share with others what it is that the nonprofit is doing in the impact that it's having on the clients. That is absolutely number one that that new staff member has to take on. And the second is the perspective of you are denying someone the opportunity of being blessed to help others if you don't ask them. And some people just don't know how to help. Their hearts are there They may have the financial resources or the time or some skill set that is needed, but they don't know how. And so for you to go out and ask them, you are giving them the opportunity to make a difference in somebody else's life. And when I took that perspective on, I was like, hey, 
I can ask them, I can ask her, I can ask him. And it became so much easier and just natural. The other aspects of this is to allow the new staff member to shadow the experts or those that have a lot of skill sets in this area and to talk about what they saw during the shadowing. Not to say that the new person has to take on everything exactly the same way that the person they're shadowing did, but it certainly gives them insight into what's talked about, courtesies that are extended, how to respond to a donor's questions or donor's needs. And from there, if they can start to internalize that and apply it as they come into those different situations. I just have to foot stomp that it's the passion and that perspective of enabling others, giving them the opportunity to be magnanimous, to be generous, and to make a difference that are really the linchpins in being a successful fundraiser. I agree with you, Deborah. Outstanding help today on this Coach's Corner question. Appreciate your time today on Impactability. Thank you. You're welcome. If you've got a question for Coach's Corner, we want to hear from you. Email them to us at impactcoaches at impactability.net. Again, that's impactcoaches at impactability.net. And if you want to reach me, my email address is joe.turner at impactability.net. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app, and that way you'll get new episodes downloaded just as soon as they come out. Also, please give us a review or a rating so that your peers in the nonprofit industry can find us as well. I'm Joe Turner. Thanks for listening, and thank you for all you do to make the world a better place through your nonprofit.